Hello, the wave. We're like on. Andrew said, this is the wave. I am Felix Archer. And I am Tim Doyle, the co-host of our famous radio show. The following uh. <laughs> Why was the basketball court all wet? Because the players kept dribbling all over. Let's never do that again. I do not know what happened. Our station is being kind of, like, screwy right now. We're really well, trying. we have a new program. Yeah, we're really trying with it. But today has just been a really off day. So if this doesn't get anywhere, anywhere, you know, anytime fast. Um, uh, yeah, it's going to be kind of a weird show. But we're, we're going to make the best of it. We're going to try to, you know, to I go started the it. timer. We have okay, 16 minutes. That's good. All right. Like, this is a whole new program here. Give us a break if things seem a little wonky. But you can always call in. Still the same number, 810-258-3160. Again, that's 810-258-3160. We're going to be talking about the Super Bowl, how the teams got there, the big trade in the NFL, and some NBA news with the Pistons. Obviously, Blake Griffin trade. We're going to be talking about that a lot, what that means to the Pistons. And League some, news. some more and questions. And then the NHL. And, you know, the only thing that's really happened in the NHL was the All-Star game. So we're going to do a little update on that. Um, it, it wasn't a huge story. Um, it's kind of the only story that the NHL has right now. And it's been like an off week. No one's been playing. Yeah. And, you know, yeah, nothing, nothing too exciting in the NHL. But we'll get started with the NFL here. We have – we're a minute in, according to my phone – so, yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll kick it off. Good luck to us. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, with the Philadelphia highlights this season, week two, the Eagles lose to the Red Hot Chiefs, who would win the first five games of the season in weeks eight through 11. There were absolute blowouts against the Eagles, a possible legit team because people still doubted them at the time. Well, weeks eight and 11, the Eagles blew out teams. Like, I think the highest uh, points they allowed in weeks eight through 11 was 23. So, I mean, and they just, like, demolished – they demolished the Bears, like, 31-3 to or something, and they held the uh, the Cowboys to, like, seven. And overall, that was a good stretch for the Eagles, and I think that kind of – you know, is Carson Wentz legit? I think that proved, like, yes, you yes, are steamrolling teams. Yeah, exactly. He's a really solid quarterback. And then the Eagles – they would lose Carson once a week 14, who was the front runner for MVP at the time, but they would still pull out the win that week against Jared Goff and the Rams, which is going to be a test even with Wentz. And I'm pretty sure he left just before half, and Nick Foles came in and won the game, which was it was a high scoring game. I think it was a one score game. I think it was like 45 to 30 something, whatever it would be. Yeah. But you know, a good win there against a tough Rams team. The Eagles in week 17 looked pretty bad, even though they rested or they only played their starters for the first half in week 17 and they lost six to nothing against the Cowboys. Nothing big, but I mean, the starters played for a whole half. I mean, you should at least score a point, especially going in the playoffs. And so, I mean, that for me, was kind of like, uh, like, uh, the Eagles are doing something wrong. Yeah. And that, that's kind of why I've doubted Philadelphia, this whole Super Bowl run. And, you know, they've proved me wrong. They've made it to the Super Bowl and dominated Minnesota. Last yeah, week, absolutely. But I mean, yeah, they they've definitely earned their spot this year, and you know now they are fighting for the Super Bowl here. Yep. And so we'll go back a little bit, and uh, 
the Eagles did crush the Vikings, obviously, but um, it just goes to show that Foles could still hold the team up even without Carson Wentz. And obviously, they've looked a little shaky at times, but I mean, he's still not—he's still not a pushover. And you no. know, and I don't think Nick Foles is ever a pushover. No, no, yeah, exactly. I mean, but he—he he just doesn't. He hasn't had the opportunity to go to a team and start. I think he's a great quarterback that could be a starter on some of these NFL teams out here. But, you know, Carson Wentz is obviously going to come back. And even if Nick Foles does win the Super Bowl, I still think Carson Wentz is their definite starter. No, oh, sure. I mean, he's definitely the one who got them here, got him the first round by, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, he deserves it. Yeah, exactly. And he's definitely the starter in Philadelphia. And I, I don't really see Nick Foles moving anywhere. But I mean, it it could be a potential, like a uh, potential outcome when this comes into the off season. But I don't know if Nick Foles is really striving to be a starter. I think he's definitely been humble about where he is now, and fitting his role well. And he comes out when he needs to, mm-hmm. and he's proven himself well. You know, he you wouldn't think of it, but he's tied for the record for most touchdowns thrown in a game, and he was pulled after the third. So he probably could have done it. I remember that. What I mean, it just goes to show that he's used every every opportunity to his advantage. It's just he's never really been the guy to lean on. And, I mean, you, you can't blame the Eagles here in picking Carson once over, you know, Nick Foles if, when he does come back and when I think at least Carson Wentz will be named the starter pretty unanimously. Yeah. And I mean, he deserves it more than, you know, anyone. He just comes yeah. in there, wins all those games for the Eagles when they looked a little shaky coming into the season. And it's just he he deserves it. And, you know, Foles knows that it's Carson's time. It's yeah. his time in Philadelphia. And that's – he's you know, he's filling in for what Foles did in the past. And he's looking to kind of write his own chapter with the Eagles. Yeah. Maybe bring him – and actually win a Super Bowl himself. Yeah, exactly. And, and Carson Wentz is so good at such a young age. I think, you know, we're all thinking it could be an arrow with everything new in Philadelphia and with all these pieces around Carson Wentz. But it's just going to be, for Philadelphia in the future, it's just going to be how does Carson Wentz adjust to different players. We've seen Tom Brady do it throughout the Belichick and Kraft era. Um, he's never had the same team. He's always had you know, different wide receivers and different running backs, but he's always made it work and he's always found a way to win. Yeah. So we're going to see if Carson Wentz can do that in Philadelphia. You know, once obviously LeGarrette Blunt retires sooner or later and, you know, signing a Jaye, who knows how long he's going to stay. Clemens is still a young back who could leave depending on, you know, what, what the running backs do. And then you have some wide receivers that you know, have helped once out throughout the season and a great defense that you're probably going to lose some pieces here and there yeah. in the off season or the it's off ex- seasons to come. It's expected. So you just got to find a way to win. And, you know, we're going to be watching Carson once as he develops and see if he's the quarterback that he's really made out to be and not like, you know, sort of what I would compare it to as an Ezekiel Elliott, you know, He's really good, but he also has the best offensive line in football. So is he really that good? Can he go anywhere else? We've seen it sort of in DeMarco Murray. He lost his starting job in Tennessee when he left Dallas. He had the best offensive line running in Dallas, and he looked great, went to Tennessee, and, you know, he's not the back that he was. He's 
Yeah. He wasn't terrible, but he also it's just, not just lost his starting job He's to Derrick Henry. Yeah. So it's just, you know, can Carson Wentz perform, you know, like he did this season in the future with Philadelphia? And, you know, Philadelphia fans can only hope. But we're going to go on to the New England highlights this season now. And so we'll start off with in week one, the Patriots lost to the Chiefs as well. 42 to 27 and everyone started to doubt if Tom Brady and the trio were still at the top of their game but at week four the Pats were two and two after a loss to the Panthers and not so good wins barely beating the Texans and beating the Saints by 16. Pats would win out until week 14 when the Dolphins pulled off the upset and the Pats ended up winning the divisional round when they whooped the Titans 35 to 14. Passing another second half comeback rally against the Jags 24 to 20 and got a last minute stop to seal the deal. And that's yeah. where we are. And that was a good win by the Patriots. And, you know, the Patriots didn't look great going 2-2 two and two no. in week four and then just winning out to week 14. You know, that's what you expect. They won almost all their divisional games, losing to the Dolphins once this season. And, I mean, lose the losses, if you count it, they lost to the Chiefs, Dolphins, and the Panthers. Two of those teams were playoff teams. The Chiefs obviously probably shouldn't have lost to the Titans, but the Chiefs were red hot in the first five weeks. They beat some power teams and went 5-0 and and then to start they were the season. Ice cold. And then the Panthers, you know, throughout the season, uh, they had, you know, a great season. That whole, that whole division there, the NFC South, mm-hmm. they had a great year, three teams making the playoffs. Yep. And then the Dolphins just pulled off the upset. You know, you never know what's going to happen in a divisional game. And we've seen crazier things. So, I mean, sure sure enough it happened, but we all kind of didn't expect that to happen. But, you know, at that point in week 14, I don't think it mattered really much to the Patriots besides maybe a one-seed placing. But they ended up winning out the season and getting that first-round bye. So we'll jump in before we go into the trade news here. We will make our Super Bowl predictions – um, personally for me, I think the big battle here is going to be, you know, I, I wrote down here, uh, Philly's defense and Patriots offense. I think that's what a lot of people are looking at, Yeah. but I think it's going to be the other side of the ball. I think the untold story of this Patriots defense and how they haven't been the best defense in football. They've actually been one of the worst pass defenses and we're going to see how they hold up. And we're also going to see how. Philly's offense operates when they've been so inconsistent and you know ever since once got injured they've kind of been all around so we'll see how you know they operate but at the same time you know you expect this the great matchup here between the amazing Philly defense and you know Tom Brady and the offense and personally I think the Pats are going to win the game I don't think they're going to have to do a second half rally even though i do think it's going to be close throughout the whole game oh for sure it'll be close um you know i think the patriots win um you know just i think the little things add up and i think the patriots are going to win all those little battles throughout a football game the one-on-one matchups the offensive line the defensive line you know there there's going to be times where the patriots don't look great but i think you know, I, I think the Patriots will, you know, be up all game, and I think, you know, they won't have to fight from behind. And I, I think they're going to, you know, end up winning a close one, no matter if it's a low-scoring game or a high-scoring game. I think Tom Brady knows how to win, Yeah. and he's going to get his sixth ring. 
I don't think it's going to be a low-scoring game. I feel like it's going to be a pretty high-scoring game. If it is low, um, it just means, obviously, that both teams' defenses are playing their minds out. But I just have a feeling it's just going to be a really high-scoring game. Just to kind of change it up, I'm just going to pick uh, Philadelphia over the Pats. Just because I really, I really want to see this underdog almost kind of a story, even in, even if they're not that big of underdogs. Like, everyone can see them as the underdog this year, you know, losing Carson Wentz and losing a couple key games here and there. But I just feel like this is this is the season. And if, uh, if Tom Brady can't really connect his passes and the Phillies defense is just killing it, then obviously I can just see Philadelphia coming out with the win in this one. But Yeah, I, I definitely agree with you there. You know, Philly's defense is going to have to play good, and if they do play good and shut down the Patriots' offense, I think, I think it's a win. Yeah, I, they definitely have a chance. Um, but in the news, we have the Chiefs and the Redskins made a trade just yesterday. Interesting. Uh, the Chiefs traded Alex Smith for a third-round pick and Kendall Fuller, which is their third cornerback. <laughs> And which is an important piece to a uh, defense. Don't get me wrong. Um, just it's just uh, Kendall Fuller is one of those people who are a smaller quarterback, but they have the speed to keep up with the wide receivers. Uh, he's a good piece, but you know never going to be a first or second guy that's covering these, you know, deep deep ball threats. Yeah. Um, but this means that Patrick Mahomes will start for the Chiefs, and now Kirk Cousins is a free agent from Washington. That's very interesting. So. We heard the rumors of Kirk Cousins testing free agent waters, and now we definitely get to see it with this, you know, strong move. It was kind of, you know, being foreshadowed, and then bang, it happened sooner than we all thought. And it's kind of surprising because, you know, even uh, Tyree Kill from the Chiefs said it was a big surprise to him because. Alex Smith was definitely a solid part of that Chiefs offense, and sometimes he seemed like he was the only piece holding it together. Yeah. So what do the Chiefs look like with Patrick Mahomes as quarterback who will be coming into his second year and you know getting his second start, I guess, since he started week 17? I mean, obviously you're going to have to expect. You're going to hope that you can get a lot of production out of him. You know, uh, last year the Chiefs had – pretty hot streak to start out the season but obviously they didn't end out so well or as well as they would have hoped but um so you just really you you really want Patrick Mahomes to get out there and prove his worth and honestly if if he can really make it work out there with a team that's you know been on a cold streak for a while uh, I feel like he really would deserve that starting spot and I mean I just thought it was kind of interesting that um Kirk Cousins, they didn't they didn't do anything with Kirk. No, I think it's because he wanted more money, and I don't think Washington yeah. was really willing to franchise tag him for some odd reason. I mean, Washington definitely did not have it's a, not a great bad, season. It's not a bad quarterback. But. but Washington also didn't have an amazing team. So I put down here, now that Kirk Cousins is a free agent, the sort of the top spots where, you know, everyone could see – him going and who knows who'll make a move earlier or later you know we don't know now that Alex Smith is gone so early but um, we have one two five teams here who are interested in uh, the uh, Kirk Cousins sorry for the blank there 
be... But, um, yeah, I'll, I'll honestly probably rank them, like, after, like, see which team is which. But for the first team I have listed here is the New York Jets. This is a place where I would rank number one. He's most likely to land here since the Jets have cap space and a big quarterback hole. Could be perfect for Cousins. I think it's And good apparently he has known the Jets' new offensive coordinator, who is the quarterback and quarterback coach in New York, who was the quarterback coach back when he played, I think it was for Washington. And apparently he had met him. He really likes him. So, I mean, that could be a great fit there. You definitely want your offensive coordinator and quarterback to match up well. And, bang, I mean, you have it right there if Kirk Cousins likes him. And he's literally, if he goes to New York, he gets – the quarterback job and i think that's the same with all these teams he's gonna win the quarterback yeah, job if he yeah goes for there. sure he's he's a solid quarterback uh for what would you rank number two out of this um for number two i would probably i'll say the bills uh due I to like the fact that. due I to like the that. fact that the bills have one of the better teams here and they do have the third amount the third most in cap uh they have a qb void after not really trusting tyrod taylor and trying to put Peterman in, he did even worse than Tyrod. So I don't know if Tyrod and Buffalo are very happy right now. I like thirty point nine million a cap. It's pretty good. Uh, you know, I could probably see him going to Buffalo. My third pick here is the Cleveland Browns. They have one hundred and two point <laughs> six million a cap. So I mean, Kirk Cousins can go there, get a starting job, rebuild with Cleveland, and get the money that he wants. But I mean, Cleveland's going nowhere. They're one in thirty-one in the past two seasons, and. I mean, Kirk so Cousins. If Kirk's looking I, for money, that's probably the place to go. I think, yeah. If he if doesn't want to win a lot, then go there. Get the money. Get the money and then leave. Uh, I'd say fourth here is Denver. They have a quarterback, but not really a proven defense. Uh, they don't have a lot in cap, $24.7 million, So that's the main reason I put them below the Browns. And then and last but not least, the Jaguars. They have Blake Bortles. They have 20 points. Uh, twenty point one in cap, so I, don't I really don't. Rid- I don't think they'll get rid of Bortles for Kirk. I mean, Bortles is not great by any means, but you know, considers himself. They great. just don't have any cap space for it, and Jacksonville's defense is the reason that they made it to the playoffs. Yeah, but anyway, we got to wrap up this segment, so we'll be back with some NBA news, Keep and hopefully, here. this station works. Keep it here. The following is made possible by Dad. Why was the basketball court all wet? Because the players kept dribbling all over it. (laughs) The dad joke. Corny, groan-worthy, but also one of the simplest ways to share a moment with your kids. Why do you have to be careful when it's raining cats and dogs? Because you might step in a poodle. (laughs) And kids that spend more time with their dads grow up to be smarter, more successful. Can I tell you a cat joke? Just kidding. (laughs) And with any luck, funnier adults. Why didn't the skeleton go to the dance? Because he didn't have any body to go with. Dad jokes rule. So take a moment to make a moment and give your kid a laugh. (laughs) It's as easy as going to fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Okay, nerds, I knew that would get your attention, but for real, listen up. Join Cole Galbraith and Declan Rummel on the Nerd Podcast every Friday afternoon from 3 to 4. Or if you miss it, search WORW Nerd Podcast on iTunes or Google Here Play. Here at 91.9, we play hits like... Havana by Camila Cabello featuring Young Thug. Oh, my heart is in Havana. There's something about his manners. Uh-huh. Oh. 
Favors Do by Maroon 5. Bad at Love by Halsey. Keep listening here at 91.9 FM, The Wave. We're back on the Broken Station. Woo! We don't have any of our carts either, so we can't play any of the stupid little things that we have. Yeah, so that, that kind of sucks. But I actually want to play them anyway. Yeah, I actually want to try something new here. Why don't we ask one of the questions we're going to cover over the course of it, and uh, we're going to ask you guys to either call in, think about the question, text us, give us some thoughts and <sighs> comments. You read off the number, Felix, and I'll get the question going. Uh, go ahead. Okay, you want me to do the yeah, number? You, yeah, go ahead. All right, guys, call in or text us at 810-258-3160. Again, that's 810 810- Two five eight three one six zero. I'll repeat it after Tim's done with the question. Question we have here is how much of a difference will Blake make to the team like the Pistons? So call us in with the answer. How much of a difference will Blake Griffin make to the Pistons? Call us or text us eight one zero two five eight three one six zero. Again, that's eight one zero two five eight three one six zero. How much of a difference? Will Blake Griffin make to the Pistons? Let's kick it off with the last three games the Pistons played. So coming off of an eight-game losing streak, they beat the Cavs, I think, Wednesday night, I would assume. I think it was Wednesday night. Tuesday night. It was Tuesday night. Yeah, I'm, I listened to it in my well, car. Well, there was two Cavs. There were two Cavs games. Oh. So I'm thinking it was Tuesday and then following Wednesday. But uh, they no lost clue. their game against the Thunder earlier this week, uh, 121 to 108. Then they traveled to Cleveland to play the Cavs. They lost that game 121 to 104. And whenever Felix was talking about it, I was I'm thinking it was Wednesday. Uh Cavs came back or Pistons came back home, played the Cavs. They won that game 125 to 114. Andre Drummond had like 22 points, 23 rebounds. It was his 18th 2020 game. He had seven assists as well. That was actually a very impressive game from him. Tolliver chipped in 20 points. Stanley Johnson set a career high. That was just a great game for Pistons fans. I think that subliminally the Reggie Jackson injury is kind of hurting us more than we think. Yeah. I mean, I've made comments in the past about how I don't think Reggie Jackson is a starting caliber point guard, but it is definitely hurting us that he is injured right now. And I'll I'll give it to you. And I do think that Reggie Jackson will come back and make this team you know, a better team than what they've been. A, a contender, at least. Not like a contender for the well, the yeah. finals, but contender like a contender in the, in the East. East. That, you know, that's, that's a contender different. would be a top five. See, an NBA. You feel like top five. A contender in the East is basically saying you're above 500. You're a decent team that doesn't really stand much of a chance outside <laughs> a of the A contender in the eight. West is like the top three seeds. And you're if you're a contender in the West, that means you're going to the you finals. You are contending for the finals. That, you know, you're... In the East, you're contending for playoffs, but if you're a contender in the West, they consider you a finals, you know, contender. Like you, you have a chance to win against any of the teams in the East. Oh yeah, that's you what are, it, that's what it basically have, means. That's, you will never be the underdog against the East. No, there's. I mean, you can almost make the make the case for the Celtics this year because they could be a contender in the West. Yeah, they're a solid. They've beaten all three of the top but teams. It in the comes West. down to the playoffs and. Kyrie. The West is so, like, just watching the Western Conference playoffs versus the Eastern Conference playoffs is just so different. 
like the four and five seed will play in the east and they're like pretty mediocre teams and then the west you got a big showdown between like houston and oklahoma city so you know we got one we got a text all right (laughs) blake helps them get to the sixth seed tim buys his jersey i don't know you buy his jersey i mean i'll buy his jersey Six seed, yeah. Six seed. I would hey. honestly, I'd do it for eighth seed. <laughs> if you can hold an eighth seed until the playoffs, I'll buy the jersey. All right. Well, the first text ever. Shout out to whoever said that. I wish you would have yeah, put if their you name. Could send me your name. That'd be cool. But yeah, um, I think that's a possibility. Six seed. I mean, in the East, from I, I would say in the East, from about three down, is a complete, just, just is a complete toss up. And your beeps are playing. It called by accident. It's your dad. <laughs> oh, big mark. But, yeah, uh, no, I got it. Yeah, I'll buy the jersey. Six seed, eight seed, I'll buy it. Yeah. So I mean, I don't know. I'd say from three down, it's it's a toss up. So I can see the Pistons fitting around in anywhere in kind of that four to eight range. Yeah. And I really yeah. do see him making the playoffs. I really do believe that they will, especially when this Reggie year, Jackson yeah. comes back. Yeah. I mean, they're struggling. At least they have the all-star breaks so that Reggie Jackson isn't missing the maximum amount of games that this injury yeah. does to him. But, you know, hopefully he comes back and the Pistons can get back on track. I'm not saying that they were great with him or like, you know, like anywhere like the beginning of the season because they struggled with him too. But I think – he st- he at least maintained them to about four, three wins in like ten, which is terrible. Yeah. But now they're like zero and eight. What we'll be and looking one and nine in their past nine. Yeah. Or what ten we'll, or whatever. Yeah. What we'll be looking for with Blake is really for him to you know step up. He could be the player to step up and really stop our skids if we ever you know get back to where we were before, which was that eight game skid. He can be that guy, and maybe we'll look to. You know, lean on them a little bit. But in the next three, uh, tonight they're actually going to be playing the Grizzlies. This is a three-game homestead. Uh, this will be Blake's first start, I think. That's yeah. good. Yeah, Mike Conley's out for the season. Mike Conley is also, yep, that is right. He's that out sucks for the season. Because, you know, he's the highest player in the league, and now he's injured. He's I, getting heel surgery. That sucks. So, that really yeah. Sucks. But, I mean, these next couple games will really look for the Pistons to kind of come out you know, on a hot streak with Blake because that'd be nice. The heat aren't really a, a, a really good team. Obviously they're better than us in the standings. They're like fifth. They're one game out of the top four, actually one game behind Cleveland. Um, Blazers are obviously a solid team, but the Grizzlies, they are just about almost dead last in the West. Yeah. Just, so hopefully we can pull yeah. out the win here. I mean, uh, hopefully, it'd be, yeah. It'd be great. At least tonight. I'd love to see Blake produce, and I'm sure a lot of Pistons fans would love to see Blake produce. Nah, I, sh- I sure do, honestly. Yeah. But let's go into the details of the trade in case you didn't know. Pistons were getting Blake, uh, Bryce Johnson, and Willie Reed. Bryce Johnson was the star on North Carolina a couple seasons ago. Um, the Clips will receive Boban, Tobias Harris, Avery Bradley, and a first and second round pick. Obviously, a lot was given up there just for Blake, but... I don't think it was that bad of a deal. But currently the Pistons are 23-26. and 26. They are ninth in the East. They're one and a half games out of the playoffs with the Sixers being the eighth seed. And they just snapped an eighth game losing streak last night to the Cavs. So 
not not too bad right now. Yeah. Um I think that this whole trade here, if I was to break it down, I would say so Tobias Harris Tobias Harris and the first round pick and like part of Avery Bradley was Blake Griffin. And yeah. that's that's where I'd say I'd put half of Avery Bradley, Tobias and the first round pick all towards Blake. Then you got a face value of you got Bobon and the it's other half of Avery you got a name for Willie Reed. And Willie Reed's the backup center for the Clippers. Boban, obviously, the backup for the Pistons. Uh, yeah, obviously, Boban's not as great as Willie Reed. Willie Reed's played a lot more than him this season. But that's why I put half of Avery Bradley towards Blake, half of Avery Bradley, Bradley towards Willie Reed. And then that second-round pick, I think, is Bryce Johnson. I don't think the, he meant a lot to the Clippers, I think. Still he, struggling from his injury. Yeah, he was injured all basically all of his rookie season. He's played three games. So, I mean, not much to tell here, but I mean, getting a set, I would match that second round pick up with him. And, you know, a lot of people are kind of like speculating why we gave up a first and second round pick, but I think, I think it was and obvious. even I was, but when I looked, when I just looked at it and, you know, distributing the way that it is, we kind of had to because there's no players, even Tobias Harris and Avery Bradley for Blake Griffin is still not it's a not face enough. value it's, good trade. It's not enough because you got two players that came onto the Pistons with, you know, a lot of, you know, uplook. Like they had a ton of potential to play there and be great. Tobias Harris is obviously still only 24 years old, which is beyond me because he plays like he's 30. But Avery Bradley came into the uh, came onto the Pistons, you know, averaging career numbers, 20 plus points, 6 assists, 6 boards. Really good player, but they obviously lost a lot of uh, they lost a lot of value simply playing for the Pistons. Avery Bradley this year is only averaging like two assists, two yeah. boards. Lost a lot of his defensive strength that he had on the Celtics in the past. But we really had to give up a lot to get Bra- or to get Blake. But I really think it was a good trade. I I just think it was good. It's it's a good fit. Yeah, I've talked about it in the past. So, a lot of the news has been around Blake. Again, if you want to voice your opinion on what do you think Blake Griffin will do with the Pistons or how he will affect the Pistons team, call us or text us at 810-258-3160. Again, that's 810-258-3160. How will Blake Griffin fit in on this Pistons team and affect it? The pros of this trade are Blake is a five-time All-Star and, I mean, yeah, that's obvious. I that mean, was yeah. the face value yeah, that you see Blake Griffin has. Exactly, exactly. And, you know, perfect fit, stretch four option we needed. Everyone sees Blake Griffin as such a dunker, but over the years he's worked on his shot, and he's become injuries. a shooting power forward. Due to his injuries. And he used to be, you know, like whenever you'd see him pull up, you'd just laugh. It's like when Andre Drummond has to take a three-pointer at the end of the shot clock. Like, what are you doing? He's actually shooting 36% from beyond the arc this year, yeah. which is impressive on six attempts a game. So, it's really, it's really yeah, then, then that's good for us. You know, a lot better than our, you know, current what I would call a stretch, you know, Anthony Tolliver kind of guy yeah. who – can stretch the floor, but at the same time or even a, isn't Blake Griffin where he's going to dunk. Yeah. He's more of, you know, he's not that powerhouse in the paint. Yeah. He's just, you know, he plays, 
you know, his position. He guards smaller guys and he shoots. And Blake Griffin offers definitely a lot more than that. Um, we dump Avery Bradley, who wasn't, as you know, you were saying, who wasn't who he was. He didn't live when up we to. Him, he when really we didn't him. live up to his Celtics past. Um, this gives any point guard really on the Pistons another option to pass to, especially Reggie Jackson's numbers. He leads the team in assists with like 5.5, and hopefully those numbers go up a little bit at least when he comes back. This gives more opportunities to young guys like Stanley Johnson and Luke Kennard, who we are all hoping the best for. And I like the move that the Pistons are doing, just trusting their young guys because – Kennard is what? shooting 43 from beyond the arc right yeah. now. He's a really, really solid shooter. And really, like, what is the downside of this right now as the Pistons don't have much to play for besides just, you know, we're on the edge of the playoffs. We just want to make the playoffs. That's yeah. kind of it. And yeah, it's not too hard in the East to do that. And we're right there. We just need, you know, we need to trust our young guys. And that's what they're doing. And I think a lot of you know, people appreciate that decision and yeah. really actually like the decision that the Pistons are, you know, making the decisions that they have to put Stanley Johnson out on the floor and to put Luke Kennard out a little more. Yeah. And I think, you know, that it's an opportunity for the Pistons to actually have a future yeah. beyond Blake Griffin, you know, yeah. getting him at an older age. I think that it's good to surround him with young players, even if he's just a mentoring role. But here's the issues with the trade. Uh, Blake recently just signed a $167 million contract for the next five years. And if you mix that with Drummond's, who has a $70 million contract, it's definitely going to put a, a little halt on our free agent uh, business. We can't really yeah. – it's going to be hard to get someone to sign for us. And Blake also has an injury history, which last year I think his most recent injury was him punching – a fire extinguisher on the stanchion. Of, oh. Yeah, and he also got in a verbal altercation with a um, management person on the Clippers. That took him out for about three months, broke his hand. Um, other than that, not so great. And he missed his rookie season with an ACL injury, I'm pretty sure. Some, there might have been an Achilles. It was a leg injury. But he does have a history with that, so we have to be a little bit scared with that um we did give up two picks and both of our quote-unquote well two of our quote-unquote stars um and that was basically just for griffin we didn't really get much else willie reed obviously is a good backup but bryce johnson has yet to prove himself we don't know what he is capable of in the nba and so we're just kind of going to hope right now that we hope that blake can stay healthy and really perform the way he used to as a clipper yeah, and maybe this is the revival for Blake Griffin. Maybe going somewhere else is going to, you know, be his fountain of youth. Like yep. all these athletes that are over 30 or in their late 20s, you know, that are starting to fall on that decline towards their athletic careers. Something changes and sometimes they come out for the better. So, you know, maybe this is this is good for Blake and he's got a 5-year contract. So, I mean, we got him for another 5. And, you know, he better perform or else, you know, we're kind of locked into this. And I don't think he's going to get traded again. Yeah, I don't, it, we can only hope that he's not traded again. But anyway, uh, points to be made here. Lob City, 
only made it to the second round. That was a good point you made earlier. I like that one. And so, I mean, as Pistons fans, we're kind of looking at this as Lob City 2.0. We got the DeAndre and Andre and then Blake Griffin, of course. We don't really have the, you know, the disher, but the guy who's throwing the lobs. I mean, Ish Smith and Reggie Jackson are kind of our two main guys, and they're no Chris Paul. Yeah, exactly. So, but what we are looking at the better half here is that Andre is a way better passer than DeAndre Jordan. So that was the little action combos that they got going on down in the paint. Blake can walk up into the free throw line area and just have uh, DeAndre's defender come at him, and then he could just throw the lob up to DeAndre. But now we actually could see that almost going both ways, you know, with Andre and Griffin, you know, pulling their defenders off of each other and then tossing lobs to each other. And that will be cool to see. All right, so we have about 45 seconds to go. Shoot. League news, rapid fire. Isaiah Cannon is down with a nasty injury. Don't watch it if you're like – if you hated Gordon yeah, Hayward's we, injury, just don't do watch it. Do not watch it. It's disgusting. Uh, Boogie Cousins is out with six to eight months with an Achilles tear. Obviously sucks for – the Pelicans, but they picked up Nikola Mirotic in a trade deadline today. For Omar Asik, which is the return, first-round pick, and Tony Allen and Jameer whatever, Wilson. Wilson, who are both to be cut there. And LeBron also opens up talk with Golden State in the offseason. I would terrifying. hate to see that. No, I would hate to see that, too. CJ dropped 50 in three quarters against the Bulls last night. And Holy James cow. Harden dropped the first-ever 60-point triple-double on the Magic. Set Poor the Magic. Rockets record for most points in the game. Bam. All right, and there you have it. So next up, we are coming hot with the NHL All-Star Games. Keep it here. Tweens have mastered the art of tuning out. Jen, there's a spider in the car. We're turning your room into a home gym. See? Nothing. But some messages need to get through, like making sure they're buckled up the whole ride every time. Do whatever it takes to make your child listen. Jen, I friended your boyfriend. Wait, what? Buckle up, sweetie. Never give up until they buckle up. Learn more at safercar.gov slash kidsbuckleup. A message from the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Here at 91.9, we play all of today's Hot is Like. Young, Dumb, and Broke by Khalid. Young, Young, Dumb, and Broke. Young, Dumb. Young, Young, Dumb, and Broke. Ready for it? By Taylor Swift. Are you ready for it? Gucci Gang by Lil Pump. Gucci gang, Gucci gang, Gucci gang, Gucci gang, Gucci gang, Gucci gang, Gucci gang. Spread their rest on. So keep it here on 9.9 The Wave to hear more hot hits like this. It may be hard to believe, but people just like you are already saving money. Feedthepig.org makes it easy. Their simple savings plan teaches you how to start saving without going overboard. So you don't need to mooch off your friends. You gonna finish that grape? You mean the one in my mouth? You don't need to stop buying the necessities. What you're smelling is a natural musk. Ew. You don't need to be a medical test subject. How do you feel? Mostly okay. I... (laughs) Sometimes, though. (laughs) You don't need to get a second job as a stuntman. We need a new stuntman. Let's break for lunch. You just need an internet connection. Don't get left behind. Start your personal savings plan with the tips and tools on feedthepig.org. That way, you don't need to sell your soul to the devil. Fifteen bucks is the best I can do. All right, deal. Brought to you by the American Institute of CPAs and the Ad Council. And we're back. Bam. 
with the NHL news here, mostly talking about the All-Star break here. But I have another question that I just came up with. So I'll give you the number here, 810-258-3160. Again, that's 810-258-3160. But All-Star games are never really, you know, the most entertaining thing to watch. We're not going to talk about it for long, to be honest. And they're not huge they're not super, you know, popular anymore. They're not taken very seriously. But my question to you, Wave listeners, you can call in or text us to the answer of this question is what is your favorite all-star game out of, you know, the four sports? So we have, you know, football, the Pro Bowl. Yep. And we have the NHL all-star game. We have the NBA all-star game. Then we have the baseball, the MLB all-star game. So... What one is your favorite skills and the game, the actual game combined? Um, what's your favorite one to watch? Why do you enjoy it? Stuff like that. So call us or text us at 810-258-3160. Again, that's 810-258-3160. What all-star game for what sport is your favorite? So Am I allowed to answer this one? Sure, go ahead. Probably my favorite. I'm starting to like it a lot more now as the NHL All-Star game. Obviously, the NHL has lost its kind of – they've kind of lost its way in the general public. Most people have been watching, like, just more sports other than the NHL. The NHL video game has kind of lost its touch, too. Not a lot of people play it anymore except for us, really. Yeah. But um, I would have to say my favorite in the past has always been the – NBA All-Star Game due to the dunk contest because that's just always been a fan favorite of mine. I love watching it. But I'd say now, due to the new style of the NHL All-Star Game where they do the little tournament, I really like that. The three-on-three tournaments where they get the four divisions and then they all go like one-on-one all against each other. I think that's really cool. And I mean, obviously the All-Star Game isn't very competitive anymore. Most players' salaries are higher way way higher than the payouts given during the all-star game oh yeah i don't think they ever really played for money i just no but they are trying to get like in the nba i heard the winners actually used to make like fifty thousand a person but if you realize now players in the league like alan crab are making 82 million a year well no they're making 82 million over four years and how many people actually know who alan crab is because he just got a max contract over the summer. Uh, so just imagine the players that are actually in the All-Star game and what their contracts are. Yeah. They decided to raise it this year to $100,000 for the winners. Wow. How much is that? Woo. That's like a that's like 3 uh, games I guess, maybe. I guess in the NHL it's a little more because exactly. you know, if you're Lower. not a great player. I mean, okay, yeah. If you're making the All-Star game, you're making you're money. You're making a lot of money. You need to be paying them a lot more than 100,000. But I mean, if you are like a fourth liner or a third liner, you're only making like six hundred thousand a year. I mean, I'm not saying that that. only. That's what I'm. I mean, that's that's easy enough to live off of. But I mean, these prizes absolutely mean nothing. I mean, Connor McDavid's probably gonna make about seven million this year, probably even more. Like I think he signed eighty million for like ten years or something. So yeah, it's about if it is that, it's about eight million a year. So, anyway. We got another text, actually, um, from a different number. 
not Mark this time, but they they said their favorite All-Star game was the MLB All-Star game. And if you would care to tell us why, and also your name at the end, you don't have to tell us your name, but we would like it. Shot you yeah, the, the MLB All-Star game is, is another thing that's kind of evolving, too. Uh, the Home Run Derby has, like, the money balls, almost kind of like the money rack and the, and the three-point contest. But they definitely do a lot of stuff. I don't think they can do a lot based off of skills because, I mean, are we going to do, like, oh, round ball? Yeah, exactly. There's not much you can do there. Like, maybe farthest throw. But, yeah, the, the All-Star game, I think, is, is honestly competitive in the MLB because, I mean, there's not a high risk for injury. I think they are allowed to go hard at, like, the biggest stage. And that's what the All-Star game's for. But, I mean, these other games where contact is involved, it's hard to go hard in that because you don't want to injure someone over a pointless game. Same thing with NHL. You're not well, going to yeah. see the same game because why, no one's going to hit anyone. That's why you've lost, you know, it's, it's kind of lost its, its competitiveness just because the All-Star game doesn't mean much to the players, really. Like, it's cool. just an opportunity to show off their skills. And it was, it was funny because, like, you know, the last year when Ante Decumpo was playing the All-Star game, he, like, he intentionally going. fouled him. He was going very hard. And it was, like, <laughs> the first free throws ever in the NBA All-Star game. Yeah, like, actual. It was the first time someone had actually, like, Oh, Steph Curry was just gone, and he just, like, grabbed him and wrapped him up. And we were like, what are you doing? Like, all the teammates came over, and they're like, you don't do that in the All-Star game. Like, yeah, it's just a fun time, I think, for players. And it's cool for the fans to watch, too, to see how far these athletes can stretch their athletic abilities. So, I mean, I think it's a fun time for the players, and I think, you know, it's fun somewhat for the fans to watch, especially if they're there. So, anyway, we'll get it kicked off with the NHL here. The Red Wings beat San Jose 2-1 to a shootout coming back from the All-Star game. That's the only game they've played since the break. And Thomas Tataro with a sick goal in the shootout. And what I think he faked the backhand and went forehand and nice just shot. roofed it. It's really nice So, shot. they ended up winning 2-1 to in the shootout. And their next three is at Carolina Hurricanes, at Florida Panthers, and against the Boston Bruins, who just lost their 18-game point streak. So now they are flying high above almost every team in the Atlantic and could be a contester to Tampa Bay in the Atlantic Division. They're but really coming out strong right now. I think the Wings will go 1-1-1 one, one, and one again. I think they'll beat <laughs> Florida. I think they'll lose in overtime to Carolina and lose to Boston. Definitely losing to Boston. But I'm just going to say the same. I don't expect much of the Wings right now. They haven't made any big blockbuster trades. So until then, we are just looking around like 500 for the rest of the year. It's kind of like the Wings aren't the Wings aren't out of playoff contention, don't get me wrong. The Wings are hanging around, but I mean, they're kind of like a little balloon when you, like, stretch. Like, the season hopes are the air in the balloon, and you're, like, pulling it apart, so it's slowly drifting away, and just the Red Wings season is just sounding like... Yeah, and it's, it's like just, the balloon, and it's just reaching the end where it goes. Just a little pop. Yeah, and then the Wings are going to try to blow that balloon back up, and it's going to keep getting smaller and smaller, and expect bigger holes to be shredded in the balloon when stuff goes wrong. But, I mean, the Wings haven't done anything particularly wrong, and they haven't done anything particularly right. So that's where we're sitting at right now. Leaders and goals are Mantha with 16. Larkin leads the team in assists with 30 and points. Larkin leads with 38. The goalie's Jimmy Howard. 
and Mrazek are almost the same size in shooter shutouts. Jimmy Howard has a 2.82 goals allowed average, a .911 save percentage, and zero shutouts, whereas Mrazek has a 2.86 goals allowed average, a save percentage of .910, and the shootouts, shootouts, he had uh, shutouts, he has three. Excuse me, not shootouts. I always used to mess that up, but yeah, Mrazek has three games where he has given up zero goals, and at this point, we're looking at it, and maybe Mrazek should be the starter. Hey! At this point, who cares? Hey! Because, I mean, yeah, we're close to playoff contention, but it's kind of like the Pistons. Like, we're still in it, but something needs to happen to where we can win games to get back up into playoff contention. So, it's not we're not going to have a Blake Griffin trade for the Wings. We're going to have to just start our goalie who we haven't started all season and maybe hope for the best here. But, you know, other than that, Detroit's hanging around, um, not doing a lot. Just, you know, they are like they're fourth in the Atlantic, but they're like sixth out of the wild card. About no, like fourth out of the wild card. What, 38 points, right? Uh, 48, I think. 48. So the teams have 55 in the wild card spot, and some other teams have 55 right below it. Carolina's got 54, and then you got Detroit with 48. So still haven't hit 50, but I don't know if they're gonna make a push here. They we got another text need to win. What's up? We got another text. It is from McKenna. Kind of sounds familiar, but uh, she said her favorite All Star game was the NHL All Star game. Because she likes the slap shot one. The slap shot competition, yep. I did like that this well, year. Well, they didn't really have any of the primetime slap shot guys in That's there. The, like Shea Weber well, versus Dan Chara. That's like the classic. Like, here's here's the thing. It's like those players, I remember I was watching it this year, and um, they brought up some pretty good points about the slap shot competition. And in the past, uh, Dan Chara would win, like, five times in a row and then Shea Weber won the last two when Charo wasn't there. Um they had Al McGinnis back in the past. Yeah. He won like seven in a row. Yeah. And it's like it's just one player that dominates it because the slap shot isn't a very well used it's not used anymore. Like half the players don't even have it in their repertoire. Like I don't even think what's his face? Um guy from Dallas. What's What's his name? The guy who competed. Klingsberg. Yeah. Klingsberg. He doesn't even use a slap shot that much, but people just said, like, his teammates were like, yeah, he's got a pretty good slap shot. Just put him in the competition. Who cares? Like, you know, and then the only person that actually uses the slap shot that was in it was Alex Ovechkin, and, you know, Ovi went in there, and obviously he won. He's, he kind of – he this was the first year he's actually broke 100 with the slap shot, but um, he did it. He came out with the win this year. Yeah. But. And, yeah, it's becoming a less and less sort of used thing as skill becomes more prevalent in the league. Yeah. And, you know, people like to roof those wrist shots, roof the backhands. And, you know, no one's taking slap shots because they're not high-percentage shots. But, anyway, the summary here for the skills competition during the All-Star game. The only Red Wings player to make it to the game was Mike Green, and he didn't do a single thing in the skills competition besides take, take some shootout shots with the goalie events. But to start off the skills competition – before the games even started, Eric Carlson and Victor Hedman showed up as Pirates. And as the skaters on the ice were being named, Brian Boyle got a huge standing ovation from his old team's fans after being named an All-Star after Taylor Hall was injured for New Jersey. The first event was the, sca the fastest skater event 
Connor McDavid was the reigning champ from last year and held the crown as he won with a time of 13.454, beating Braden Point's time of 13.579, who Braden Point went first, and he held that time for the whole thing until Connor McDavid obviously went last, being the reigning champ. And the the I next thought, challenge hey, wasn't um, what about uh, what's his face Dylan Larkin? Well, he he holds the fastest ever. Didn't he win last year though? I don't think it was last year. I think it was two years ago. as rookie, or was he a rookie last year? I think was it his rookie last year? Keep going. I'll, I'll look it. I up. think because last year it was Austin Matthews, and what's his face were rookies. Who won fastest skater twenty seventeen. Uh, I'll keep going. I'll do the next one. The passing challenge is next, and the big challenge was the across-the-ice pass into an empty net. Alex Petrangelo for the Blues won the passing challenge with a time of 46.610. You're right. 2016, Dylan Larkin, 13.172 seconds. Last year, Connor McDavid went 13.3110. So, yeah, reigning champ. He slowed down this year, but obviously still won the Yeah, still won obviously the still fast guy. Yeah. And the next event was a new event where the goalies would try to muster their best save streak against breakaway shots from players from a certain division. Midway through, Pecorino got a save streak of 13. It was way more than the previous leader, Henrik Lundqvist, who had five. Flurry got 14 just to edge out Rene for the win. Johnny Goudreau went first in the puck control relay, and he would come out on top with a time of 24.650 and ends up winning the event by four seconds. No surprise that Gaudreau would come out on top in that event. And in the hardest shot competition, Ovi was the only one to top 100 miles per hour, registering at 101.3. And last but not least, the accuracy shooting contest or challenge was next. And Brian Boyle would go first, register a strong time of 11.626, but it would only be broken by the final shooter, rookie from the Canucks, Brock Bozer, with a time of 11.136. And each winner for every skill event would receive $25,000. As for the actual All-Star game, the first game of the tournament was the Pacific versus Central Division. Pacific would win that 5-2 to two after being down most of the early stages in the game, and they buried two empty netters to seal the deal, and Brock Bozer gave the Pacific its first lead in the game 3-2. to two. Next game was the two Eastern Conference teams, the Metropolitan versus the Atlantic. Crosby scored from a feed from Ovi, then Ovi scored from a feed from Crosby to give the Metro an early 3-1 lead. Kucherov scores two goals to tie it and goes from a 3-3 to a 4-4 with goals from Marchand and Latang. The tie is broken, but wait, the refs overturned a goal because of an offsides and had an epic call. Hat trick from Kucherov as an Atlantic roll over the Metropolitan 7-4. Mike Green scored twice for the Atlantic in the final game, but lost 5-2. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, Mike Green. The Good old Mike Green. He came yeah. to score for the Red Wings, but we but, scored yep. twice in the All Star game. And you lost still. So, congratulations, Mike Green, coming away with two goals in that game, but they lost. So, Pacific started off with two goals from Richard Rackle and Brock Bozer in the first six minutes after Green cut the lead to one. Dowdy answered back to give the Pacific a 3 1 lead at the end of the first half, starting the second. Goudreau scored to widen the gap three to five minutes. 3.5 minutes into the second, Green scored his second of the game. Brackle scored his second of the last game. And to give the Pacific a 5-2 dub, plus a million dollars. Wow. Which goes to their charity, charity choice. choice. Yeah. Canucks, Canucks rookie Brock Boser took home the MVP and a 2018 Toyota Prius. So hopefully he donated Priuses. that car because I don't know who, if anyone would ever want a Prius. 
Especially Besides a person without a car. Especially, well, yeah, I would probably want a Prius myself to save some gas money, but I don't think Brock Bozer would be driving a 2018 Prius anytime soon. Whatever. Maybe he does. Maybe because you know, respect to him. Kudos we to got, the day, Brock Bozer, for driving the 2018 Toyota Prius. Well, we got people coming in dressed as pirates. We got the All Star game. Ryan Boyle almost winning the accuracy shooting contest. He did good. It was all just, and then he missed like two shots, and then yeah, he would have set. He probably could have did it in like eight seconds, but so could have James Neal. James Neal really just couldn't get up there. I watched it. He was literally, he finished the first four targets in eight seconds. And then he missed the last one four times. <laughs> well, Anze Kopitar <laughs> had a time of 51 seconds. Yeah, I don't Marchand know Marshan had a 44 seconds. See, the one. way they did it this year is they do, instead of the styrofoam and choose whatever you want, yeah. it was lights. So, like, it would light up on which one you're supposed to hit. And if you missed it too much for, like, three seconds – if you were like still on it for like three seconds, then it would switch to a different one. Dang! So you had and to pick your corners. Going. Yeah, you had you couldn't you could you didn't have a choice. You just had to pick it however it told you to pick it. So that's why I was so surprised that James Neal got in like eight seconds. He literally hit every shot he took. Yeah, that's actually that's like super accuracy. But my my favorite thing was the NFL one. They had tic tac toe with the kickers, and they had like a grid on the <laughs> field goal things. That's kind of cool. But what? anyway, we're wrapping up the show. The first show on the new program episode. I don't even know. I think it's eleven, ten or eleven. Whatever. Well, I messed we it up the one time. So thank you for the text and no calls yet. But Whoa. we got a new program, so let's it's working. Let's settle in. It's it's feeling pretty nice. Just this show, it's felt nice. Before the show, this program sucked, but I kind of like it now be honest because it's actually registering my phone on the board so we'll take it but anyway thanks for tuning in you can catch us next thursday same time same place seven seven three to five three to four three to, i don't even know three to four three to Thursdays, four next thursday we'll be there we'll probably cover the super bowl and i think the red wings will be back in action Yeah, maybe they can do something. If not, then we're going to be talking about the Pistons and what happens with the Blake Griffin saga. Yeah. So stay tuned and catch us next week. Same time, same place. So keep it here at 91.9 FM. The The Wave.